an asshole at times, especially when I start getting too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's it going? We are back, and I got Eric Klein with me. So uh, in normal fashion, I'm going to shotgun him and tell him, Eric, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Eric Klein uh, from good old Dallas, Texas. And uh, I, I like to ride bikes. I like to take pictures. I like to drink beer. Um, yeah, not, not too much to know about me other than that. All right, cool. Well, thanks for being on. I think that's a wrap. We covered it, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's everything. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shortest podcast ever. <laughs> I'm primo for that. Right. <laughs> no. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself though. So, uh, you know, um, you're a family man, you have a young daughter. Um, I do. Yep. So that, that's been a recent change, right? Are you married or? Uh, we are um, domestic partners, but we, we call ourselves married. I mean, we both wear rings. Right. Uh, there are p- plans in the future to, to tie the knot. Um, this would be my, my second marriage, so I'm a little trepidatious of this. Um, but I love I love her to death. She's uh, been the best thing to happen to me just because she puts up with all the bullshit that I, I put forth. <laughs> right. I mean, not too many other women will be like, oh, hey, I want to get in a relationship with you. Also, you ride bikes. That's cool. Keep riding. Right. <laughs> no, I want to stay here with the baby. You go ahead and ride, babe. Yeah. Right. And there have been times where I've come home like real high strung and she'll look at me in the face and go, just go, go back out, ride. I'll see you in about 30, 40 miles. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good one there. Definitely worth yeah. marrying. Absolutely. Marriage material for sure. Right. But yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a family man. Um, never, never really wanted to be, but I'm so happy that I am, uh, uh, you know, Dallas, Texas, I am in my early thirties. Never thought this would be where I'm at, but I'm, I'm happy where I'm at for sure. That's great, man. So have you always been in the Dallas area or I was born and raised? Um, I don't know how familiar you familiar you are with uh with dallas area uh but i was born and raised just east of dallas in a little town called mesquite okay um and i was i probably left there right after right after i turned 21 22 um i left and i moved up to michigan to uh stay with my or to be near my my dad and my my stepmom and my sister and my brother um this was right after incident right after my mom died uh, battling cancer not too long ago um so i i moved up there i lived there for a couple years um freaking fucking cold it was when i left negative negative 30 was the wind chill (laughs) man i was like yeah i'm I'm done i'm i'm out (laughs) especially being a Uh, texas boy i mean that's you know yeah (laughs) I can put up with some stuff, but man, negative 30, I walked outside and I think I had instant snot sickle from my nose to my <laughs> belly button and I couldn't do it. That's crazy. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's a Mesquite, Texas. I, I kind of know where that is. Um, I've got family originally from the, like, uh, what's that lake? Uh, not uh, Chulahoma, not something Anyway, Texahoma Lake or oh Texoma, yeah, Texoma, yeah, yeah, somewhere out uh, there. That's right around the border of uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and my grandfather was actually born in Whiskey, Texas, which doesn't even exist anymore. It was a little no, tiny town, little tiny little podunk town. But God bless that name. Right. 
<laughs> it's probably a dry county too. <laughs> it probably is because Texas Southern Baptists kill us all. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a great area. And then, uh, so getting into the bike thing, cause this is kind of a motorcycle podcast. Um, so how'd you get started with bikes? Was that something that you grew up around or something you got into later? Uh, kind of, something I got into later, but I was always fond of. Um, so I was raised extreme, uh, Southern Baptist and I was always extremely rebellious. And my mom tried her darndest to, to keep me from doing anything that would quote unquote, the devil's work. Um, my grandparents gave me a guitar whenever I was probably nine years old and they took that from me from Christmas (laughs) threw it away never let me have it Um, and so I was I was always into motorcycles always had this fantasy of mine uh, that I would I would ride motorcycles I was always into like the big cruisers or or choppers or or just anything rugged Um, and so I got into it Probably I was 19 years old. Um, I was working my first job in a warehouse, and I, I finally said to myself, you know what, screw it. I'm going to take a couple days off. I'm going to take the uh, the motorcycle training class and, and get my motorcycle endorsement, which you have to have here in Texas. Um, and I'd, it's, uh, it's something I just always really enjoyed. And probably a few years after that, I finally broke down and, and bought my first uh, motorcycle project. Uh, I never wanted to buy something stock. I always wanted to buy something and build it just because that's the type of person I was. Um, I've never been one to shy away from putting a wrench in my hand, even as a young toddler, taking away my, taking apart my uh, RC cars. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Just to see how the wiring works, how it all, how it all works. Uh, But my first bike project bike was a uh, 78 yamaha xs 750 uh, shaft driven triple and yeah i w- was in the process of cafe in that out uh and i left it i took it up with me i left it up in michigan because uh, i wasn't able to fit it in a truck on the way back yeah but came back down um had several years where i i didn't really do too much with motorcycles um, until probably about three or four years ago, I got into, um, picked, picked up cafes again. And I was, uh, purchasing from a friend of mine, um, a, was a, also a 78, a, a BMW R80. Yeah. BMW R80. That wow. was cafe out. <laughs> Those are cool too. It was a fun bike, man. But Sitting, uh, sitting at idles a whole lot different on those boxer motors. <laughs> right. <laughs> Used to shaking front to back and you start shaking side to side. It's real weird. Uh, how uh, those deal with the heat out there? Oh, uh, not too well. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is definitely a spring and fall bike. It is not a uh, 105 degree with 90% humidity right. type of bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got a my, my bike I have now, um, my project bike that I have now, is a uh, is a '96 Honda Shadow uh, VT600. Uh, I'm in the process of hardtailing and getting that thing all going and chopped out. Um, and I'm riding a riding a sporty now uh, yeah. as my daily commuter. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> so your stock bike is, is is the Sportster, the one that most people chop, and then you're chopping the oddball 
<laughs> yeah, Honda. That's uh, rad. <laughs> I've always been into oddball shit, and I've always, I've always had a thing for metric. Um, I know it's it's totally sacrilegious of me. Um, being in the chopper world, people are like, oh, you got to have a Harley, you got to have a Harley. It's like, man, I. I love metric. I love searching for my 10 millimeter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, you know, like, and, and I've always, I, I think maybe because, you know, like I came from the cafe racer background also <clears throat> more with the British side. Um, but there was a lot of really cool, you know, like metric cafe racers with the Yamaha XS six fifties. I had mm-hmm. the Kawasaki W six fifty. So I think I've always been a little bit more open-minded uh, especially like the CB750 because I know how fast they are. So like when I see a guy on a like or whoever guy girl on a chop CB750, like you know there, there's a lot of chopper history in in those motors um, going all the way back to when they came out in '69 um, or '68 or whatever it was. You know, guys have been chopping Hondas. It's not yeah, really a I new mean... thing. It's just kind of funny that like in the last five or six or 10 years or whatever, since choppers gotten really big again, that everybody just really seems to be focused on. Like I have to have a flat side shovel head or a pan head to be cool. And they yep. kind of ignore everything else. You know, you've got to be cool. You got to be hip. You're not really a biker unless you're riding such and such bike. And it's, it, it's upsetting to me. Um, especially me being the type of person that is real community driven. Um, I really, thrive to be friends with everybody like i'm not the type of person who's gonna be oh you ride a sports bike i am not talking to you uh i'm gonna think you're an asshole whenever you're doing 150 on the highway (laughs) weaving in out of traffic um but it's just you got to include everybody you really do you and that's just the way i i firmly believe is we all need to be friends we all need to help each other out right yeah i dig that definitely yeah, and the whole the inclusion thing is 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 hard. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think different areas are a little bit different about that. I know, like you know, Cleveland, um, their their motorcycle scene is really diverse. You know, from electric bikes and like the the Cleveland Moto Show, you see such a variety of bikes. You know, and mm-hmm. it's weird that like at different areas. Excuse me, I, I got burps from the Miller Light here. but you know different areas are are so like seattle like you know they're really pacific northwest in general they're really into like the vintage enduro dirt bike things Mm -hmm. and every region's a little bit different you know um but it's just yeah it is and i don't mean to like bitch about the chopper scene i mean it is what it is and i mean you're gonna have it right you know but but i'm definitely down with that idea of inclusivity and you know, even if you have a totally stock fucking Suzuki Boulevard, like, I don't care, dude. Like, you know, that's not going to make you a cool person in my book, you know, that you have this rad bike or you have this shitty bike or you have this bone stock bike. You know, it's just like yeah, you, you I mean, ride I'm a just motorcycle. happy you're riding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I uh, I was riding. Uh, you ever been through Dallas? You know, the traffic sucks. Uh, I've heard. Yeah. I, I was riding through, uh, riding down the highway one day, riding down 75. And I saw probably about four cars in front of me, this guy on a stock Beamer, brand new Beamer. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to catch up with this guy. I'm going to go say hi. Weaved in and out a couple times, caught up, pulled up next to him, sitting up next to him. And I just put myself in neutral and I gave him a high five. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, here I am on my Harley and him on his little Beamer, and I'm just, you know, just want to say hi. And he looked at me and he said, told me to rev my motor, and we revved and <laughs> made everyone else pissed off because they're sitting in morning traffic and we're laughing our ass off. That's rad. Was he wearing? <laughs> was he wearing an aerostooch uh, jumpsuit? He was not actually. He was in a uh, jeans, dress shoes, and. Uh, I think just a little little windbreaker. So yeah, that's how you know he's cool. If, yeah. if, if, if you're wearing an arrow stitch windbreaker in Dallas, you're a kook. You know, it's too fucking right. hot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's like, like I was actually this is something I was thinking about. I was out riding uh, with my buddy um, Nino, and he's got this like FXR. It's kind of like a club style FXR, you know. And mm-hmm. but he's got like this built well sparkly helmet, and he's wearing like these ridiculous Oakley blade like glasses you know mm-hmm. it just looks really funny <laughs> and and we're we're going into the beach and and another club guy comes at the other direction you know and 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 you could see the other guy was just so serious and locked on and he, you know he was he was in you know club guy mode yeah and, and then, so he didn't even look at our direction you know but I, I know he saw us and i was like man i wonder what that guy thought about this guy with the sparkly helmet and the big fucking goofy glasses on like this <laughs> tough guy fxr you know <laughs> I, mean, I get laughed at all the time because I'm, I'm you know i'm wearing my my vest my jeans i got a knife sticking out of my the back and uh, i've got a little if you've ever taken a look close look on my the pictures of my bike on instagram um i've got a little yellow rubber duck on my handlebar <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and uh it's He's got a little helmet on, and he's—I mean, it's adorable. It's people look at me and they're like, "What the hell is this?" That's great. So you've got to have that one thing when you're riding that just makes people do a double take and, and giggle inside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so is is the waving thing the 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 bro wave as I call it? Is that a big thing in Texas or not so much? Uh, it is if you if you wear Harley gear from head to toe. Right. <laughs> um i i do it just to to people just to be civil because yeah. if they're gonna wave to me i'm gonna wave back it's right common common courtesy of my book my mom raised me to be a little bit respectful and i still hold on to that um but yeah no it's still a thing <laughs> so so out here and and it's like in california so many people ride bikes that some people will wave but it's not expected you know what i mean Whereas like in Virginia, and I think it's a Southern thing is that like, you'll be on a divided highway with like 50 yards of grass in between like eastbound and westbound or northbound and southbound. And you'll Mm -hmm. get people waving at you. And I'm like, I'm like, I can barely see you, but sure. I'll wave back. You know, it doesn't cost me anything, but it's like, I had that happen to me last week. I was riding back from East Texas and, uh, he, I mean, I was probably a hundred yards between the two of us, and he was on this uh, his ADB, and he's just waving at me like, "All right, man, I'm on my little sporty, but all right, cool." Yeah, it's funny. Like, I just it was something for me to get used to because it wasn't such a big thing, you know. Like, if you're out on back roads or whatever, and you're cruising, yeah, waving was kind of the norm because everybody's out cruising. But like, when you're commuting in traffic, it's like, man, fuck waving, you know, like you don't right. even see people. You're worried about the assholes and the cars are cutting you off or trying to open yeah. the doors on you while you're splitting lanes, you know? So I kind of have to not leaving it. my clutch. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Got covered down, you know, but right. Yeah. So, so getting back to the Honda though. So, you know, when you look for inspiration 
how many would you say like how hard is it to find people that have done what you're trying to do or are you just coming up with it on uh, your own or it's actually a very uh it's a very small community of uh of people who are who are chopping and bobbing out hondas but the people that have done it are doing it really well there's a guy out in california um who's pretty much cornered the market on on everything honda vt600 um is uh his name is i think it's a the tj brutal yeah <laughs> um it, it, his, his parts are not cheap but i mean they're good quality parts but I'm not the type of person who's going to bolt on parts. So I'm going to make everything myself. Um, I got a friend of mine lives out in Fort Worth. Who's got a, a VT 600, a couple years newer than mine. Um, that he's every piece on that bike is, is TJB. And it's hilarious. I've talked to him, like the amount of money he's put into it. Like, Dude, you're crazy. Right. <laughs> but um, I mean, he does make it easy though. If like, you don't know what you're doing because he does like the jet kits. Like you can, do a whole package with him, right? Like you can build a whole bike and all you really need to do is, is weld the hardtail. Uh, everything else is bolt on and you paint it. That's it. That's rad. And then, so like with the wiring, cause I know it's one thing with, with the, uh, the, the metric bikes is that they have a ton of wiring. Like, are you able to simplify that pretty easily or is that something oh, you my. need like a degree for? <laughs> <laughs> uh probably a little bit of both i've i've got kind of an engineering mind um so I, i'm able to look at a schematic and figure everything out it takes me a little bit but i figure it out um but dude you can dump about 50 pounds of wire off that thing <laughs> i bet <laughs> yeah I, I had a um so when i had moved here from from san diego i was supposed to be going overseas so i sold everything i had and then mm -hmm. they canceled my orders and they were like, yeah, just kidding. Um, so <laughs> I had the choice between two different ships, and they're both in Norfolk, Virginia, which is the last place I ever wanted to be. Um, but I got out here, and I bought a house, and there was a period of time that I didn't have a bike, and I found something on Craigslist that was pretty cheap. And at the time, you know, like, I'd already been into choppers and had owned sportsters and shovelheads and all that shit. But mm -hmm. I was on budget, so I was like, all right, cool. What can I find that's in my budget? And I found a Yamaha, um, I think it's called a Raiden. Yeah. Which is like a, I think it's like a 650 four-cylinder, um, like an FJ or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, base model, pretty much, of the Yamas. Right, yeah. And it wasn't, it was kind of like a sport standard-ish bike, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it was, you know, I was like, I'd seen some people that had done some cool street fighters with them. And I was like, well, that'd be kind of cool. Just something to bomb around on. And man, I looked at the wiring and like my dumb ass was just like, man, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended uh, up giving it to somebody else and they got it running. You know, they were able to figure it out. And like the worst thing is, is that the wiring was all intact. I just couldn't figure out what to do with it. I was just like, it was all there, you know? <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. just too much for my dumb ass. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm going back to Ironheads now. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, the, the Hondas, it's so stupid. They've got so many safeguards on that thing. You've got a, a safety switch on the kickstand. you got a safety switch on your clutch. You have a safety switch for your neutral. If you don't have all three of those perfect, you're not starting the damn bike. Right. So, But when you chop them, though, are you able just to bypass all that and run straight? Or Hell yeah, to... I did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm going to start in any gear with the kickstand down with no clutch. <laughs> so I got another good story and this, this goes back to never drink and ride, but 
when I was in San Diego, this is a long time ago, and and they weren't as strict about the drinking and driving thing as they are now, especially in the military. Mm-hmm. And in San Diego, like back then on a motorcycle, the cops didn't really care. Like they they weren't really looking for you. They were still worried about gangbangers and shit. So we used to do some pretty stupid shit. But I remember one night I was I was leaving the bar, and I was so drunk I couldn't figure out why my bike kept dying. <laughs> <laughs> So, and this is my, my Kawasaki W650 and I get on it and, and, you know, like I'm starting it up and I go to go and it's like, and dies. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, you know, put it in neutral, hit it, start it again, put it in first gear, it dies. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to go drink another beer. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that's going to solve all the problems. All of the problems. Right. (laughs) And so I go in, you know, I have another beer. I'm bullshit with my buddies. I'm like, yeah, my bike's fucked up. It won't run. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. You know? So <laughs> they're like, well, let's go check it out. You know? So we finish our beers. We go back outside. Now I got like three other dudes with me. And they're, none of them are like Japanese bike guys. They're all like Triumph British guys, you know, into like old bikes. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, you know, so I show them and they're like, they're like, your kickstand's down. And I was like, well, what difference does that make? <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, just just put your kickstand up. So I put my kickstand up and, you know, release the clutch. Now I'm off and going. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a safety feature, you know. Uh, yeah, Luckily, I, I made it home, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a while to realize that the kickstand was a thing. Um, when I first got the bike i I inherited it from my father-in-law actually um but i my first priority was to get it running so pull the carbs clean the carbs uh deep clean them charge the battery actually put a brand new battery in it because it's set for 11 years in his garage holy shit uh so i was like cool all charged up all cleaned up brand new fuel um let's let's get this thing started went to start it i think i killed the battery three or four times trying to get it going because the kickstand was down. Oh, man. <laughs> Just kept cranking and cranking and cranking. I got so angry and then I got so drunk. And then I realized that there's a safety switch on the kickstand. So it actually won't even let you start it on the kickstand. Will not. That's crazy. So like yeah. on the Kawasaki, you could start it on the kickstand, but if you put it in gear and let the clutch out, it would kill it. Yeah. So I guess that's yep. probably better though, because then, you know, <laughs> no nope, kickstands down. It's not going anywhere. Wow. Leave it to Honda to over-engineer everything. Yeah. That, that's kind of crazy. I never heard of that before, but that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's funny when you go back from, you know, something like that to riding your sportster where it's like, yeah, go ahead and kill yourself, dude. We got you. Yep. <laughs> you've got a kill switch and blinkers that's it you know it's all you get right (laughs) yeah it's amazing that they've managed to go so long and it's not even any different now like you can go you know 2020 sportster it's the same basically same bike the wiring's not that different like they haven't really changed much which is wild but (laughs) i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it right well, that's the thing about Harley's. You got enough other shit to fix that, you know. Yeah, you got that <laughs> perpetual oil leak. <laughs> right. They're not gonna fix it for you. So, oh, wait. What year is your Sportster? That's a thirteen. 
Okay, cool. So you got all like the nice fancy rubber mounts and all that stuff. Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's nice. It's comfy. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever ridden a rigid mount one? I have not. I've I've always wanted to though. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> I can imagine. Especially like vibrate your nuts off. Yeah, like you know, like eighty miles an hour on a on an eight eighty three is not comfortable or fun. <laughs> With the rubber mounts, eighty mount or eighty feels like like nothing. Like you can do eighty on those all day, but yeah, yeah. I I, I dig the rubber mounts. I, I dig the comfort. Says the person that's hardtailing his Honda. Right, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So I think we covered the bike thing. Um, so once the Honda's done. You know, is, is that going to be it, or what's what's your next dream project after the Honda? I guess. Uh, I, dude, I've got I've got so many dreams. Um, it, it's hard to nail down exactly what I want to do next. Um, I've wanted my my father in law has a um, heritage cla- uh, soft tail. Okay. And I've really wanted to chop one of those, and I don't know why. I've just always wanted to. They're the best to <laughs> chop. What year? Uh, that is a 07. Okay. Uh, it's a fun bike to ride. It's comfy. Uh, it, yeah. it, it definitely makes me feel about 20 years older when I ride it. Right. <laughs> uh, but I've, that's, that's probably going to look for something like that next. And, you know, and that's, there's a lot of people that are doing like soft tail choppers where they're not hard tailing them. They're just like, especially with the twin cams because yeah. there's really no point in, I don't, shouldn't say there's no point, but like you can make a twin cam look pretty cool and still be a functional motorcycle. You don't have to hardtail them, you know? Right. And that's, that's actually what I've, I've been looking at is I've, I've kind of wanted to do a, a soft tail chop just cause you know, I've got my daughter and uh, I'm raising her to, uh, to love mechanics and to love motorcycles as much as I do. And I really, I really want to be able to take her out on the road with me, and I can't do that on the VT six hundred. It just doesn't have the room. Right. Doesn't have the wheelbase for it. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I love uh, what Chicken Rick. Um, I don't know if you follow him. I'm sure you do. Everybody follows Rick. <laughs> um, you know who I'm talking about, though. I, I don't actually. I don't think I do. Oh man, um, the jumping on Instagram right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's the chicken chicken fried chopper guy. Oh, I might. Chicken fried choppers? Yeah. I oh, go. look, I do follow him. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, he's got that cool twin cam uh, soft tail that he's he's changed that thing up a few times. But that is such a cool bike, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's got the vision, I guess. He just, like, every transformation he's done of it looked cool. Like, he put, like, the extended front end on it and looked rad. And now he's got the up sweeps and, like, the narrow tanks and... So, yeah, yeah. I'm getting another good look at it right now. It's I mean, as a sweet bike. Do that lean right. on that kickstand is <laughs> killer. Yeah, he rides the shit out of that thing. Like I, you know, he, anyway, another story for I mean, another time. But you have to ride the shit out of it. I mean, I'm a um, I ride every day. I purposely sold my my vehicle a year ago, and I I enjoy riding every day, no matter the weather. That's rad. So why not have why not have a bike if you're not going to ride the piss out of it? And and so that brings me to the photography thing. That's um, a better segue than the one I had a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I don't mean to misquote, but that was you that was talking about every photo shoot you're going to do is going to be on your bike now or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I think you got that from, uh, from my website, um, okay. my little blog site that I got going on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, everything I do, I like, I want to do it on the bike. I don't want to have to haul gear out in a vehicle and, and get out and, take a look i want to be able to do what i can do on the bike that's right get your ass in there dog so with 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 that i mean that kind of confines you to minimalizing your gear too right yes uh which i do have as minimalized as i can get um as i really enjoy what i've the lenses i've picked out the glass I'm, i'm running um as shitty as they are, I enjoy kind of the lower end glass because um, you can do some cool stuff with it. It doesn't have to be crisp, doesn't have to be clear. It's just got to be you. Right. So, well, let's nerd out a little bit on that. So what are you shooting with? Um, so my the body I'm on right now is a, uh, is a Canon M50. Okay, mirrorless for those of you yeah. that aren't as big of a nerd as me. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Uh, everyone, everyone's running up. Uh, it's a vlog camera, um, but I, I dig the, how small it is, how, how light it is. Right. And the picture, the picture quality is not bad. Um, it, it fits my style of photography. Right. Um, now, my, the sensor size on that. Is that a, um, that's a 24 two, I believe. So is that APC or micro? Uh, it's, it's crop. Okay, like four thirds or or the APC one. APC. Okay, so that's not bad. I mean, no. I mean there's nothing wrong with four thirds either. But you know, when you come to crop factor, I like I know for me, my I, I went full frame for a long time because I couldn't wrap my head around a fifty millimeter not being a fifty millimeter. Right. You know, that's that's hard for me as well because I have to think whenever I want to shoot in fifty, I have to get out my zoom lens and back off right <laughs> yeah because uh, uh, on on that i know on like the nikons to get 50 you shoot 35 you know and yeah and that gives you the same perspective as a 50 would and now i think for me being mostly film centric that i've shot enough in different formats that i'm not so like hamstrung by like what my lens says on it it's, it's more about mm-hmm. like what image can i get and not so much about like well I need a 50 to be normal, you know? Right. Uh, I've, I've definitely come to notice that if I pull out my nifty 50, I've got to, I got to step back even more than I would on a full frame. Cause it's, that's going to zoom in pretty quick. Cause that's what, like an 83, 83 mil, if I'm doing the math right. Right. Which is, you know, like a perfect shorter length portrait lens. Like, yeah, that's a great, you know, like, and that's one of those trade-offs that like, again, I've come to appreciate. So I got rid of all my full frame DSLRs and I actually picked up a D 7,000 um, mm-hmm. because it was a camera that I had before and I loved and I was shooting more film, but I still wanted the digital just so I could shoot digital when I needed to. Mm-hmm. And it was cheap, you know, so I picked up one of those. And one of the cool things about it is being able to shoot a 51.4 as a 85 or 83 1.4 <laughs> mm-hmm. like for cheap you know because yeah you can't like that's that's a really expensive lens it's like a 500 lens on a full frame camera where i can get the same effect 
more or less for like 150 bucks, you know? Right. And it was a lens. I'm all about saving money. (laughs) Right. So do you do any of the, uh, the adapters to go with like the, you know, the oddball lenses? I do. I, I choose not to use, I have the kit lens that came with the M50. Um, but because the, the mount is EOS M, mm-hmm. um, it's an M mount. I have the adapter to go from M to the, uh, the EF to EFS. Oh, sweet. So I can still run my, my EF glass. Yeah. Which I do. I, that's all I shoot on is the EF glass. I shoot on a, uh, 50 mil, uh, one eight, I've got the 75 to 300 Canon, and I actually have an older, uh, it's the kit lens that came with the uh, Canon XS film camera. Mm-hmm. It's the ultrasonic, uh, I think it's 28 to 85. Okay. Uh, and I shoot on, I have that that I shoot on. It's real weird. It's got a very temperamental, the closer you are. And it's, <laughs> right. But it it turns out some good pictures. If you're ever on my on my blog site, I have all my uh, my shots on there in a gallery, and it's a lot of those shots, especially of the photography shots, the landscapes, right. um, are all shot on that twenty eight to eighty. That's rad. I've got a uh, actually in my hand right here because it was sitting next to me is is a uh, Canon Zoom thirty five to eighty. It's like the real super cheap plastic lightweight one. Yeah. And, uh, that's one that I use when I'm on the bike. Um, and I've got like a, an old rebel film camera. I don't remember which model, but it's like such a tiny little package and Mm -hmm. and it's got like a good range and, you know, you don't need fast lenses when you're out in the middle of the day, you know? So no, you just, anything will do. And it's, you can turn out as long as you know what what you're doing and know what you want to look for, anything going to turn out good. Right. And then, if, yeah, if you want that blown out background stuff, you can always go with the, you know, like you said, you're 50 and blow that background yeah. out, which is cool. Because that bokeh effect is really in right now. Right? <laughs> bokeh. <laughs> you, ever, you ever watch Digital Revolution? Uh, no, I have not. So it's, it, they, they stopped doing it a few years ago, but uh, they do a lot of reviews. Um, and it's a guy in Hong Kong that's doing them, but he's British. So, you know, he's like a Chinese guy with a British accent running around Hong Kong, and he's hilarious. Um, but if you look at any of the reviews, he's out there, and, and he makes a lot of jokes about the bokeh. <laughs> it's good <laughs> shit. And my friend Nick, uh, he did something with that on uh, on his Instagram the other day. He was doing, like, a, a mock review of a film camera, and he was doing it like the Digital Revolution guy, like total satire. <laughs> I, I was dying because I'm such a nerd. I've watched all of these videos and reviews and I tend to get a little obsessive. And so like when I first got super into photography, I was like constantly reading and, and going on and watching reviews and all the stupid shit about gear. That's almost completely useless to me now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I still do the same thing. I've only been into photography um, the way I am now for the past probably year and a half. Okay. Maybe, maybe just a year. No, year and a half now. Um, and I still do the same thing. I will. I work overnight, so I get up in about four o'clock in the afternoon, and I'll turn on a turn on the TV, turn on YouTube, and I'll just start playing 
anything photography as I'm getting ready so I can hear it in the background. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So with, with the photography thing, like, have you always been a digital shooter or were you ever shooting film before that? Oh, you said it's something uh, about a film camera, so. I, I do. I've, I've got a, I've got the Canon AE-1 uh, that I, I didn't pay anything for because I know they're way overpriced right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I've also, and I've got the, uh, the Canon uh, Rebel XS, which is also film camera. Yeah. Um, but I've, I started out at a young age. Um, my, my mom and I took a lot of road trips, um, family, family road trips, family vacations to anywhere in the country. And she always made sure that I had a camera with me to document our trips and our travels. Um, awesome. granted, granted the camera that she sent me with, I believe was the, uh, the old Kodak 110. Yeah, <laughs> the, the slim camera. <laughs> right, that you had to do the little slider on to advance film on it. Yeah, that was a that was a horrible camera. But I got some. I still have a few of those photos. They're weird as hell. They're, <laughs> but they're. It was just a way that my mom always wanted me to document what we were doing, right. and it went as far as to even in high school to on high school trips. Um, I was in band in high school, and so we always went on like little band trips to California or to Florida or whatever. Um, my mom would always send me with a couple disposable cameras, just you know, document what you're doing out there. That's really um, cool. Take take pictures of your friends and whatnot. So I, that's that was always something I did as a kid, um, and then I stopped doing it. Um, I stopped doing it because, you know, I wanted to be, wanted to be cool. I wanted to be in with the hip crowd and nobody I knew was, was taking photos. And so I, I just stopped doing it and it went by the wayside. And it wasn't until uh, a couple of years ago where my wife, uh, had a, uh, it was a Canon, uh, XSI. Uh, she had taken film in college or not film. She had taken photography in college. And she had that camera just sitting in her closet collecting dust. She's like, I'm not going to use it. If you want to take some photos, uh, go for it. And so I picked it back up and I just started, I hit the ball running, man. It just kept going and I kept going and spiraled out of control. And here I am now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a good hobby. I mean, you know, and I, I don't know, like hobby or passion or, you know, like there's a lot of both. Yeah. Depending on, on how into it people get, you know, like I used to get really pissed when people would just be like, Oh, it's a good hobby. I'm like, you know, hobbies like, like to me, like if you're a golfer, like that's not a hobby, you're a golfer. Like, yeah, you know, just like being a biker or, you know, you poke your motorcycle and your you park your motorcycle in the garage and you ride it on the weekends. That's a hobby. Right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> So I, I'd get pissed and be like hobby, like, fuck you. This isn't a hobby. This is my dream. You know, <laughs> This is something I do every day. I mean, I take, I may not even, I may not use it every day, but I take my camera with me every single day. It lives in my backpack. It comes with me to work and it comes with me home. That's rad. So when, when you're doing the, you know, incorporating that into the motorcycling part. Um, so when, when you're riding, like, is it like, you know, are you in that like landscape mode where you're like, looking at things and, and you see them and you pull over or is it just like mental notes all, or how's all the time, all the time. Uh, I'll tell you working overnights. Um, it's really nice. There's certain times of the year that when I leave for work or leave, 
work or leave to work. It's usually between 6 and 7 o'clock, both a.m. and p.m. Um, it's usually at sunset or sunrise, and I get to ride into that sunset or sunrise, and it's beautiful. And there's a lot of times where I'm sitting in the middle of the highway, and like, I want to pull over on the highway and, and just take this shot. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I know for us out here, you know, like I see those things sometimes, but the way Virginia is set up is like, you've got like, especially on the back roads is you've got this highway and then it's always really wet out here. Even when it's mm-hmm. like sunny, you know, because we get so much rain that most of the time the shoulders are so soft. You wouldn't really want to pull over on one, you know, <laughs> like cause you might not get out. Um, why is my bike sinking into the ground <laughs> right and there's nowhere to put your kickstand you know because like your kickstand will definitely sink um <laughs> and and so there's been these times where i've been out on back roads i'm like god this is so beautiful i just want to take this in but like it's private property on both sides so it's, it's, there's no open space you know and i think that's one thing that's really hard about being back east because mm-hmm. out west there's just space everywhere you know there's a million places to pull off and they've got these cool little vistas that you know are designed to pull off like in the south there ain't nowhere to pull off it's just like go <laughs> you know yeah like no don't stop because if right. you stop you're hearing banjos <laughs> right <laughs> or you're getting ran over by a truck i mean that's the other thing is that like all the trucks take the back roads out here because they're you know servicing communities that are way off of the freeway you know yeah, i'm sure no one pays attention when they're driving no no not at all so it can be a little sketchy out here and you know. Yeah. We don't really have a lot of landscape. I mean, it's really flat unless you go further out west. Um, you know, but we're in kind of like the lowland swampy areas. Mm-hmm. So we don't really have like a lot of it, you know. So it's not really the best place for landscape. Like there are people that do landscape out here and do it well, but definitely a challenge you know yeah you've got a there's a lot of places i know especially here in the back roads of texas uh, you've got to hike for that stuff to find something that's actually appealing because everything is either covered with power lines or or somebody's house or traffic right but i know like uh do you follow uh jason lee's stuff at all i think i do yeah so you know he's done that whole project on texas uh, i don't know if he pretty much was in West Texas or, you know, his, his whole thing with like back roads in Texas and Oklahoma and going to these little towns that are like basically abandoned towns, you know, but they're mm-hmm. still there and the lawns are still mowed. And it's just really surreal. The photos that he gets of like these vacant houses, but the lawn's still mowed, you know, it's, it's so yeah. weird. And I just pulled them up. So I, yeah, it's, his stuff is really cool. Um, and it is that that weird back road Texas, yeah. But it's cool. It's uh, it, it's stuff that if you lived in those towns, you're looking at it going, oh, whatever. That's that that old barn that's just sitting there. Right. Um, but to us that don't live anywhere near it, like dude, that is, it's beautiful. I think the thing about like Texas and Oklahoma to me, and again, I've never been there. Um, I've been as you know, far east as New Mexico and as far west as Louisiana and like have hit nothing in the middle yet. <laughs> um, we got to, we got to solve that, man. I'm working on it. You know, got cross country trips. So I got to go through those States. I'm really looking forward to it. But the thing about, it, I noticed about like 
photography in Texas is just how like the quality of light and just how much sky you have. Like it's incredible, you know. Like, yeah, it's it's so incredible that they wrote songs about it. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the Texas theme song. Right. Uh, yeah, it's. But there, there are times like you're trying to get that good light. Um, there are times in the middle of the day where the sun's there's no clouds in the sky and the sun's just way too bright to it just washes out everything. But you could still get some good shots on that, and I have. Yeah. Uh, there's a cool little park around around the corner from my apartment um, where I've I've taken some good good landscape shots over there on a bright sunny day at noon. Yeah. I know, like, a, a lot of the photography that I like, um, that was kind of the thing, is that, because it was, like, anti-Ansel Adams, anti-landscape landscapes, and mm -hmm. those days where, like, especially on film, where there's no sky at all, it's just pure blue, and when you take a film photo of that, it, it's completely white, you know? But when mm -hmm. you're working with that, you can get this really cool, like, you know, like, canvas effect where there's just nothing in the sky and you can divide your lines up and you just got to work with your light you know and, and i think that's one thing that's nice about shooting different times of the day um you know it's it's cool to get that really great like you know blue hour and gold hour but like being able to get good striking compelling images in the middle of the day i, I like that challenge personally so oh absolutely i'm i've never been a fan of doing anything easy uh, <laughs> <laughs> things that make you challenge yourself um, is where it's at. It goes back to the whole, uh, you know, chopper thing. You're building your own chopper. Yeah. You could easily bolt on your parts and make it, make it something, make it a bike, but it's going to look like everybody else's. that's done the same thing. Why not pull out your welder and your grinder and make something yourself and figure out how it works. Right. No, for sure. And so with the music thing, you said you did band, but, uh, before we were talking offline, you know, listening to your own music. So what kind of band stuff were you doing with that? I, I was a guitarist. Um, and I did some vocalizations. I was, I, I did anything and everything, man. I played, uh, I played guitar and I played bass in a, uh, kind of a country band, country, Western hillbilly type shit which was real easy because you just sit there and go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um, but if, you, if you, anybody's ever been around me, the first thing they notice is my knuckles are tattooed punk rock. They're tattooed punk rock for a reason. Um, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy playing in punk bands. Uh, I had a friend of mine and I tried to start a, uh, no joke, a two piece, Taylor Swift punk rock cover band. Oh man, <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious, and the mindset was hilarious. I think we got a couple practices in. It just—I wish it would have gone farther, but time was uh, not allowing us to do so. Right. So, did you go to a lot of punk shows and stuff? I mean, I know you said you were—you know—pretty strict uh, yeah. household, so. Yeah, well, not till I was in my 20s um, is when I really ventured out and did all that because being in my being in a strict household in my teenage years, you know, if it wasn't uh, in the eyes of the Lord, it was frowned upon. Right. I think I brought brought home an Eminem CD once and my parents <laughs> lost their shit. <laughs> uh, I think I was grounded for 
the rest of my life on that one. Glad right. I moved out. <laughs> so, we- uh, yeah, there's a lot of good punk shows in uh, here in Dallas. If you go down through uh, Deep Ellum, which is on the east side of downtown, there's uh, a lot of good bands, a lot of good venues out there that you can see some good local punk bands. Right. Just rock out and get in the pit and hurt yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> with, when when you're in Dallas, is like. I, so help me out because I'm not from Texas, right? And I, I kind of know, <clears throat> like, is the Dallas scene bigger than the Austin scene? Because most people think about Austin when they think about, like, underground music in Texas, right? Yes, uh, and that is uh, solely because of South by Southwest and right. ACL. Um, but they are, they're two different things, you know. Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, they're all three different types of music scenes. Uh, it's It's pretty cool to... To, to kind of take a look at Fort Worth really houses your your country western. I got a lot of friends out in Fort Worth that play and lead those type of bands. Uh, Dallas is really underground. You get a, you kind of got a mixture. It's a kind of a mesh pot of everything. And Austin is where you go if you want to start making. You want to get noticed, right? And that makes sense. I mean, because. Like I said, that's where everybody knows, you know, but yeah. with, with the, so the country scene and is, is that more of like a, like a news modern Nashville type country, or is that more like the roots? Like, uh, what's, well, uh, not Whitey Ford, <laughs> Whitey, <laughs> Whitey Morgan. I was thinking of Whitey Ford sings the blues, but uh, think yeah. of the 78s. I don't even know where they're from. I think they're from Alabama maybe, but you know, the the roots kind of retro revival country is that a big thing out in Fort Worth or uh kind of but it, it's really starting to at least in my opinion it's starting to make a real singer songwriter turn okay um but it's still got that kind of twangy vibe to it Fort Worth holding down its roots on that that's awesome yeah I wasn't I mean, even you, aware that that was a thing so that's that's cool you got the about. Fort Worth stock show and rodeo and everyone wears the cowboy <laughs> hats out there. That's awesome. Uh, so I'd love to go check some shit out like that. I, I love country music and it's, I talk about punk rock a lot and I come from a punk rock background and I was like a Gilman in the nineties and you know, and that was my childhood and I wanted absolutely nothing to do with blues and country. Cause I associated <laughs> that with like my dad, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was raised on the blues. So yeah, I get you. Right. You know, and, and being a rebellious teenager, you know, like, you know, I wasn't going to listen to Lawrence Skinner or Stevie Ray Vaughan because that was my dad's music. You know, I was going to listen to punk rock and be hardcore and shit, you know, and now yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, listening to Merle Haggard and shit, <laughs> like shit that my dad used to make us listen to when we we're in the truck, you know, and I was just like, fuck, I'm becoming my dad. You know? <laughs> God damn it. He was right. <laughs> right. You know, and, and like now it's like I find the older I get, you know, like the less I listen to punk which is sad because I don't ever want to be one of those guys that, you know, I used to be a punk. Um, just like I used to skate, you know? Um, I never want to be that guy, but like now I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I can't do it. Like I'm in my car once in a while, you know, I'll I'll put something on and I'll just be like, fuck yeah. I love this album, but yeah, Uh, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I'll be, I'll be driving around. My wife and I'll have the, have the radio on. And if something comes on like from our, from our youth we'll totally turn the, the volume up and rock out but it's never anything you turning your spotify on to, to really listen to right 
Yeah, like I can't imagine, you know, like, and it's, I've watched my son, my son's kind of going through it and discovering music. And he's like, oh, dad, have you heard these guys before? And he'll, he'll play something like, uh, um, he's listening to AFI and he's like, you know who these guys are, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know who those guys are, you know? <laughs> and he's all super pumped up about it and excited. And I'm like, You're like fuck, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, God, Davey's giving me a headache, you know? <laughs> Stop screaming at me. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man. And it's just funny how, how that shit happens, you know? And, and it, it all comes full circle. Uh, yeah. I know. I remember times of my life where I did the same thing to my dad or, or my stepdad or my mom where I just bring up, Hey, you know, have you ever heard of these guys? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and in my house, like it was really hard to be a rebellious teenager because like my mom was like a hard rocker biker, like chick. And my dad was like a drug dealing hippie back in the day. <laughs> so it was like so to, to rebel for you it'd be like jesus is my savior well yeah no i mean <laughs> i don't think they would have cared so much about that because like like both of my parents are kind of like spiritual but not religious you know yeah I, and i think had i gone that route that probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal but like had i become a republican that probably would have been a deal breaker in my house you know <laughs> you are no longer my kid right they're like who are you you know and it, it, it's just funny because like I go through like pictures and, and how people are dressing now. That's like the pictures of my parents, you know, like my parents were teenagers in, in the seventies and, and young adults in the seventies. And like, yeah, the funniest thing is I was all like, when I finished my shovel, I was like super proud of it. And I was really going for this, like, you know, Bay area club bike look from like the, the late sixties, early seventies. And I sent a picture to my mom and I was like, mom check it out and she's like oh yeah it's really nice and, and her and my dad still ride motorcycles you know mm-hmm. and she's like well that's really nice and i was like well does it remind you of the bikes from like you know when you were 20 and she's like no it's way too nice <laughs> <laughs> throw some dirt on it rub some grease around the yeah and just get something going i was like fuck <laughs> i was so bummed you know because i just wanted stop to stop washing your motorcycle yeah <laughs> Yeah, she told me it was too nice, and so so I had to build an even trashier bike. So, so I was like, "Mom, mom, check it out now. How about now?" She's like, "Yeah, it's perfect. Just shut up, leave me alone." You know, they got like an Indian, like I don't know, like Arapaho or Apache or fucking whatever, like tomahawk, whatever Indians are. I don't, I don't know anything about Indians, but it's like, you know. I guess their version of the heritage where it's got like a 20 inch headlight and yeah, I've, I've sat on one Indian in my life and it is the most uncomfortable thing in the world to me. Oh man. I, I can't, I'm sorry. Like if somebody's out there, I don't ever mean to shit on anybody's bike. Like if you've got like a fucking Seca two or whatever, I will tell you that's the coolest bike ever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got an Indian dude, like, sorry, I, I, I just can't, yeah. I can't get behind it. You know? Hey man, check out my bike. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I and and you know I I know like it's it's weird because if they called it a victory. I'd probably think it was cooler. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just like they bought a name that has a lot of prestige to it, and they threw it on you know a victory, and then they made oh. victories which were a really progressive, cool bike, and they fucking made them terrible, like by bolting on that, all this uh... extra shit, you know. 
What was that victory victory chopper esque uh, bike they had? The eight ball with the Z bars and the white walls. Eight ball. I kept yes. wanting to call it high balls. I like, know the eight. Ball. No, you might be right. It might be the high ball. Actually, I think the eight ball was like more of a tough guy bike, and the high ball was the one with the Z bars. I think you're right. Yeah, it was just it was such a cool looking bike, and I, I remember wanting one, and then I remember looking at the price tag. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then they had that other one that like it was kind of ahead of its time. It was like a muscle bike, like an orange one. It kind of it, Oh, the the American Chopper bike? Maybe, I don't know. I just remember it it was kind of like a tough guy bike without like tough guy style. Yeah. Like it definitely was like alt right goatee type bike, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like if you rode that bike you're going to vote for Trump type thing. <laughs> Wear a goatee. Here's your skid lid. Have right. fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can now refer to everybody as brother. You know. <laughs> but it was a cool bike. Like, there's a lot of potential in these things. And I'm kind of going through this thing now. And and I, it was something that I was reading. Uh, it was a build. Um, it might have been a bike that uh, Reselstra had built. But he talked about just taking like parts that nobody wanted and and putting it together and like. I was like, fuck, that's rad. Like, this guy took, like, a 35 mil dual disc that nobody wants at all and made it fucking killer, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> I want to do that, you know? Like, right. And so now I'm looking at, like, all these weird bikes. It's like, man, like, those Victories, like, they had really good motors. Like, they're really fast, you know? I was like, man, somebody should do something cool with that, you know? I think that that should be your next thing is just uh, just grabbing a Victory and tearing it the fuck up. Well, so now, though, like, victories are kind of collectible and like people that are into victories won't fucking let go of them you don't see them they were like really cheap for like five minutes and now they're like more than they were new it's it's gotten kind of crazy so they're the same people that are harboring all the evo motors well maybe <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's definitely still them out there the, the trick to evo motors though and, and i'll let anybody in on a secret is you got to hang out with like fxr and dyna guys because they don't want they're... them yeah. <laughs> so, like, they, they want to put, like, S&S 114s in them. And you can get their old 80-inch Evos for dirt cheap from those guys. And it's the same motor. It, it doesn't matter if it came out of an FXR or a Dyna. An Evo is an Evo from any bike. Um, oh, absolutely. So, so a little chopper tip for you guys that, that don't have any Dyna Bro friends. Is make friends with the FXR guys because... You know, you could probably a lot of Dyna Bros here in Dallas. Heads up, guys. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's where all the Evos are hiding. You know, you gotta go on like Dyna Swapper. Check. Shit, there's an entire there. club of Dyna Bros that meet every Tuesday night in downtown Dallas. Do they do wheelies and and go get micro brews? Uh, well, I think they they still drink the the Miller Light and the PBRs actually. No, well, at least they're keeping it real. It's, it's uh, it's the same guy that puts on a. Uh, another podcast that's motorcycle related okay. um it's uh the fast life guys oh okay right on yeah yeah i don't want to talk too much shit because those guys look pretty pretty thuggish you know i know right i'm scared of them <laughs> i mean i'm scared of anybody that can wear a flannel in 110 degree weather so <laughs> yeah i stopped wearing my flannel like two months ago <laughs> nah i i I posted something the other day with um, I'd made shirts that said "fuck your Dinah" with like a clubbed out Dinah on it. <laughs> I think I saw that one too. Oh man, I think I might have commented on that. Uh, you might have, yeah. And and the funny thing is that like, and I said in the post that I've owned three Dinahs. Like I love Dinahs. I think Dinahs are you know, and, and everybody kind of does the club thing with them now or whatever. But 
Like, mm -hmm. if you put, you can make a Dyna anything. Like, it's a Harley. Like, you can make it a chopper if you want. You can make it a, you know, more of a racy bike if you want. Like, you don't have to do just this one thing, you know, but. Um, I've got a friend of mine that made a, a built a really badass Dyna. Um, if you've got a, a chance to follow him, his name is uh, Chris Moose. Okay, what's, uh, his, what's his Instagram name? Let's Let me put him out there for everybody that's listening. Right. Uh, Moosecraft, M-O-O-S dot C-R-A-F-T. <laughs> I just got owning a camera doesn't make you a paragraph. <laughs> that was my friend Tripper just sent me that. So Moosecraft, <laughs> I, I think I might actually already follow that one. But yeah, if you're out there, uh, check that out. So, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Um, so he's got a he's got a Dyna that he built into a uh, a big wheel. It's called the Dynot, uh, is what he's called it. Um, <laughs> it. It's pretty badass. If you if you happen to jump on it within the next you know day, if he doesn't post anything else, it's like the fifth picture down. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a badass big wheel, and I've seen it in person, and it is it's it's cream worthy for sure all right there's moose crusher moose craft oh that's somebody else fuck all right i'm gonna send them to you so you can check them out all right yeah do that because <laughs> i don't multitask <laughs> well so me neither i started getting distracted yeah well i'm about a tall boy in and i'm a lightweight so you know oh i'm on number four <laughs> way ahead of me Right. I might have to pause for a pee break here soon. <laughs> or you can just tell a really long story and I'll go pee. How's that? Uh, we, we can pause because I think I have to do the same thing. All right. I just sent that to you. All right. <laughs> well, for all of our, our people listening at home, they're probably dying laughing. <laughs> all right. So I'm, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to give us a break. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and stop here. I'll be right back. I'm going to get pissed. The stars All right, same. Are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. The prairie sky is wide and high, deep in the heart of Texas. The coyotes wail along the trail, deep in the heart of Texas. No, 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 we roll. We got background music going. Well, that was fun. <laughs> I still got the intermission music going. I'm kind of feeling it, though. I don't know if I want to turn it off. No, no, let it play. All right, we're going to do the chorus together. Oh, you ready? I'm, you're going to have to Yeah, I can't hear it, so you sing it. You can't hear it? No. Oh, shit. Fucking sucks. Oh, it sucks. All right. Well, I'm not going to sing it solo. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. All right. 
I wonder how many how many subscribers I will lose for that bit. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it's been a really long time since I've done a podcast. Uh the last one I did was with George. Um and that was before everything happened. And in my intro, I said that I didn't want to talk about current events at all. And we've done an awesome job of that because we're over an hour in. And I don't think we've mentioned anything from the news. So I'll drink to that. Cheers. But I do want to... up for me. Right? Because I hate politics and I hate current news. <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, those of you that are still working, if you're listening to this at work and, and you're deemed essential... Uh, thank you for whatever you do. Um, and, that would be me, right? <laughs> well, I'm glad you're essential. I'm not essential at all. Like, I go in on the bare minimum, and luckily, I still get paid because I'm a government employee for another month. So, there you go. Right. So, yeah. What else? What else do we got on there? Let's talk about fatherhood a little bit. I don't think that's a subject I've I've breached too much. So, fatherhood, huh? Fatherhood. <laughs> so, and, and the work-life balance, because, like, I, I've already kind of gotten through all of that. My kids are old enough now that I don't really have to parent too much anymore. Um, You know, but I'm curious, like, somebody that's involved with, you know, things that do take up a lot of, time and money like motorcycles and photography you know how do you balance that with having a kid and finding time for your significant other and your kids and still have some sort of a life man it's it's hard it really is uh because i work 12 over 12 hour overnights three to four days a week i work three days one week four days another um and it's it's definitely hard because my wife has ended up, I feel like raising our daughter the majority by herself. Um, she gets on me all the time. Cause I make the statement. I feel like the absentee father. Um, cause I'm trying to devote as much, as much as I can to my daughter when I'm around. And it's, it's difficult. Uh, cause I've, there's days I'll be at work. I missed her first steps. I missed, I was able to see her crawl for the first time. I've missed words first spoken and it breaks my heart. Um, but what I can get to and what I can experience just, I've never been so in love with one person than I am with my daughter. Um, I never wanted to be the father. I never wanted to be, have a kid, um, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh, but as far as balancing with motorcycles, um, photography has been my thing because I can take it with me to and from work and I can, I can capture images, uh, when I'm around. Mm -hmm. But as far as being around motorcycles, I've missed out on a lot of stuff, um, because I purposefully, uh, told her whenever the, my daughter was born that look, first year of her life, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going on any trips. I want to be here every step of the way. Uh, so I've missed out on a lot of rallies. Um, luckily not this year, but, uh, <laughs> uh, damn it. I did it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. This year was canceled. Uh, just so you know, yeah, it really was. <laughs> Maybe somebody's listening. They're like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Everything's canceled. 
Yeah. Well, like I'm sitting here talking to you right now and I'm sitting on my, on our patio and my daughter is just staring at me through the window, smiling. And Aww. I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I miss that so much. And, and I kind of similar thing, you know, being in the Navy and being away from my kids a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it was hard sometimes, you know, and then now it's like they're older and they're just kind of used to me being gone. That That's kind of like they're normal because I was deployed and on duty, you know, and sometimes it kind of sucks because it's like, they're used to that. And I'm like, dude, you shouldn't have to be used to that. You know, like, you know, where I call them, I'm just be like, Hey, I got dude tonight. They're like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not yep. okay. Like you're supposed to be like, no, fuck dad. We were going to watch, you know, the Simpsons and eat popcorn, but like, we don't really right. do that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to spend quality time together and we're missing it. Um, right. But that's cool that like, it sounds like, you know, and we're, I don't know if that was on air or off air where we were talking about the, um, you know, your daughter, you know, being, yeah, it was on air where you're saying like, you know, I'm going to raise her to, to enjoy this and to be a part of that. And it sounds like you already kind of have a plan to include them into this, which is really cool. You know, I do. And man, she, she's got my brain, um, which is very mechanical. She's even at one years old, like she's, I built, I built a table, uh, not too long ago for behind our couch so we could set our drinks on there. So she wouldn't get a, get in touch with them. And it's got a little, outlet in there with usb plugs so we can charge our phones but i was outside building that and she came out there stop licking the window you little shithead <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's my daughter licking the window um so she comes out there with me and i'm i'm drilling and she comes out and grabs the hammer and she starts trying to whack at the wood and so she's got that brain where she knows what she wants to do and it's I love it because I don't want to raise a daughter that's prissy and it gets is just weighted on hand and foot. I want to raise a self-sufficient young woman right. um, that can kick someone's ass if need be. Hell yeah! Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah! You break my daughter's heart, I'm gonna fucking kill you. But <laughs> but only I, if, if I only if she leaves anything for me to kill, right? <laughs> right. I'm in line behind her. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and like my mom grew up with with five brothers, so like, and my mom's not very big. Like my mom's like five foot two, but she's scary, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my mom can scrap. I I watched her like knock my uncle's tooth out. Like she punched him, and and he went over the bushes and like lost a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I think that that's something like I grew up with a role model mom of like like you know. My mom knows how to fix shit and knows how to do things. And, you know, and it's kind of weird when I've met people that, you know, weren't really raised like that and they don't do things themselves. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, I don't know. Girls don't do that. And I'm like, well, fuck, not in my house. You know, like, right. <laughs> my mom was going to wait around for my dad to do that shit, you know. I know a lot of a lot of female motorcyclists, and I feel like there's not enough, and there needs to be more. And so I want to raise my daughter to be that way. Hell yeah, and, and you know that that's something that's funny too, is because like I've asked, I, I don't even know how many women I've asked to be on the show, um, and none of them have wanted to be on the show. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. I don't have anything to talk about. And I was like, well, fuck, like, so well, neither do I, but here we are right. almost an hour and a half in and I'm 
still know. talking to you. Right. And, and it, <laughs> so, so if you are listening and you're a lady and you want to be on the show, shoot me a DM because I'm definitely open to it. Like the show doesn't have to be a sausage fest and it doesn't have to just be all about choppers or whatever, you know, like that's, that's always kind of been the, the, the thing that ties it together, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to just be about that, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it's just a, yeah, two guys, two people talking and, and, and enjoying themselves. And uh, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you, man. Yeah. Same here, man. It's been good. And you know, that's, that's one of the things I like about it is that you connect with people that, you know, Instagram school and, and you, you find out about people, but you don't really know them, you know, no. until you can either hang out with them. But having these conversations with people is really cool. Cause it's like, you get to know them and, and find out more about them in their lives and, that's one of the reasons why I still do it and I really enjoy it. So I appreciate you taking the time out from uh, your day and your time with your family to, to do this for sure. Oh dude, absolutely. Yeah. My, I told my wife about this and she was, I was like, are you sure you're okay with me? You know, taking time out of our night. Cause she's been camping for the past week with my daughter while I've been here. And she's like, yeah, go for it. Just enjoy yourself. Like, do this because it, it not only grows me as a person, but like what, with what I'm doing and, yeah, so totally, totally supportive of that. So with the photography thing, and, and I am kind of trying to wrap it up, but um, so so you are doing things. Uh, you got your website and your blog going, right? Yeah, uh, getting that started for sure. Um, just trying to wrap my head around exactly what I want out of it, but it's it, it's coming around. Yeah. So are you doing like portraits and stuff with other people, or are you just doing your own thing with the landscape? Uh, mainly just doing my own thing. There's, there's some landscape I'm trying to center around, uh, the motorcycle and the motorcycle community here in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. Cause unfortunately from my observation, it feels like it's very, uh, high school clicky, mm-hmm. which I'm sure it is in other places around the country. You've got your Dyna bros, you've got your chopper guys, which is like five people. Um, <laughs> but they're all really you, cool people. Yeah, you got your your uh, hog members, and <laughs> right. you've got everybody. And, I, and really, I just want to center everything that's uh, the community-based, and we're all one community of two-wheeled riders instead of you know all these different segments of people that don't talk to each other. Um, I got a friend of mine, uh, Casey, up in up in Denton, which isn't about thirty five minutes from Dallas, who puts on an annual uh, motorcycle show for local builders, and every Sunday he also puts on a motos and coffee, like a little meetup. Oh, cool! And it everybody shows up. I haven't been lately because we've had some one percenters out there. Then I just I don't really want to be around. Yeah, because it just it just gets too aggressive for me, and I, I like to be chill. Right. But he he's done a really good job of of promoting the community because there'll there'll be about eighty to hundred motorcyclists out there in front of a coffee shop, just hanging out, talking motorcycles, and enjoying the day. And then they all splinter off and go on their little rides. And yeah. it, I just want to be able to capture that what's going on in DFW on camera and put that out there so that people can see it and have a record and, and be able to go, you know what, this is something I want to be a part of. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, and and so are you finding, like, with the blogs, I know, like, we do a blog, which almost nobody knows about, and it's hard for me to even find, like, when somebody's like, oh, send me a link to your blog, and I'm like, dude, I I can't even find it on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, if you type in Choppers in the Weeds, you'll get, like, 20 posts or 20 links to the podcast, and the unfortunately the blog's just kind of buried and it gets like almost no traffic um but you know is it trying to get things like using instagram as a tool to get things out which is really accessible and easy to find versus yeah you know like blogs which you, you almost have to search for or you know, almost be handed a link because it's almost impossible to find them in a search engine anymore oh absolutely i mean i've i've tried different variations of getting myself out there and, and getting things noticed and it's really you've got to go with what's mainstream unfortunately and right now that's instagram right. uh, you can you can go super old school and, and put pamphlets out put zines out at your, your local shop and whatnot but everyone's on instagram you got to hashtag the shit out of it unfortunately and it's as irritating as it is and you've got to try to beat the algorithms which is stupid but using Instagram has been my been the main tool so far that I've used. Yeah, and that's you know same thing for like when Austin and I started this. Like, you know, we weren't really going to do the Instagram thing. Like, we were going to strictly be like the blog, and then a print copy of the zine, and that was it. You know, and we talked about maybe mm-hmm. doing a podcast, maybe doing a YouTube channel, um, but Instagram was the vehicle that you know, really drove it. And that's how a lot of people find it. And now it's kind of going the other way where, because I do the podcast, people are finding the Instagram account through the podcast because they'll find this and then they, they listen to it and then maybe they'll go, you know, follow or go look at the Instagram. So those things kind of tie in together, which is cool, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, but I do almost like no promotion. Like I don't hashtag anything. The only thing I do is tag the people that are in the photos and then, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll, I'll put something in there if it's relevant, you know, like to Chop Colt, um, which I always like to give a shout out to, if, you know, Chop Colt's a really good forum. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Lisa's super supportive of getting things out there. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just interesting. And, and I like to ask other people how they're doing it or how they work it just because it's, it's good insight, you know? So right now it's, it's, it's solely Instagram. Um, I've actually put thought in the past few days, uh, past week really of, of doing maybe like a quarterly zine, um, just all mixed media of semi blog type style, uh, with, uh, photography, just trying to get the culture, right. something people can have in hand and actually look at maybe put beside their toilet so while they're taking their morning shit (laughs) right and well then in the photography community you know like zines are still a really big thing i mean they're probably bigger now than they've ever been um you know i know i have multiple instagram accounts and and i do one that's cult of cameras that was going to be a camera podcast because i just like to nerd out on camera shit Mm -hmm. and i haven't really quite gotten that off the ground yet just because i've been busy with other stuff and then current events and you know so i haven't done it yet but it's like still in the back of my mind of of how to do that but a lot of the photographers i follow that are just general photographers you know do zines and there's a lot of zine trading going on and 
you know, it's something that I try to kind of keep my finger on the pulse with because, you know, I, I love photography. I'm passionate about it, you know, and even with like the chopper thing, it was photography first, even with this whole project, it was, you know, conceived as a photography project. It wasn't ever supposed to be a podcast that, you know, with a little photos here and there, it was supposed to just be about photography. So, yeah, I, you know, with my photography, I, I've, I've met a lot of people and I've had a, met a lot of guys that are really um, kind of into the same, same shit that I am. Um, they just want to get moving. Uh, I got a friend of mine, actually, we tried to start, I think we talked about this a while ago um, where we tried to start a community motorcycle garage. Right. Um, and with everything that's happening right now, that kind of just bombed, but right. Uh, but it's he's kind of doing the same thing. He's got years of uh, years of experience in printing and publishing. Uh, actually, still works for JMP Cycles for the next couple months until uh, the Texas buyout is finished. Um, and so he's he's working on really promoting the brand that he established as the garage. Continuing that is just a, a motorcycle culture brand, uh, also here within the DFW Metroplex. And what what's that called? Like, does it got a name or yeah, somebody uh, that they can a, follow? Yeah, Union Moto. Okay, and Union Moto, they is that the one where they've got a bunch of riders, like kind of doing a collective riding thing, or is that I might uh, be getting that mixed up with somebody else? But I think that's mixed up with something else. This one's uh, solely uh, Dallas Fort Worth. Actually, he's Denton based. Okay, um, but he's uh, that's what we were attempting to call the shop that we were opening, but now it's strictly just a, a brand. Yeah. That's cool. I, I think I do follow Union Moto, so if not, I will go through and check that again because that definitely sounds cool. Even though I'm not in that area, but I still like to support. So. Oh, I, I follow stuff that's not in my area just because. Yeah, you just you gotta support everybody. Right, and it's always cool to know about that stuff because you never know when you're traveling, you know, and it's like, who do you call when you break down? You know, <laughs> like if right you, if you know about these little community garages like that's like i know if somebody was passing through richmond and they had an issue and they texted engine and frame like we're gonna find the people that that you know if you're in this area of virginia between Corey and his network of people you will get mm -hmm. help like you're not gonna die on the side of the road like they'll find Absolutely. somebody to help you out you know so. And that's the thing with the people who've opened up these community garages for the most part is they're, they're all very community driven and they're all willing to help out anybody and everybody. Yeah. Which is super cool. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard, um, there's a podcast out of Santa Cruz, uh, Misfits Garage. You ever listen to them? I have not. I've heard of them though. Oh man. You want to talk about like, that is such a diverse group and inclusive group. And, and that's, you know, they do a podcast and they have a community garage. I, I'm kind of behind on it, so I don't know if it's still going or not and how they're dealing with things that are going on right now. Um, just because, you know, with me not working as much, I'm not driving as much, so I'm not listening to podcasts as much, you know. Right. But, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a cool thing, and, and that's awesome if you guys can get that up and rolling because I, I know, like, having benefited from Engine and Frame when they were a community garage – and now, even though they're a motorcycle shop, they don't do the community garage thing anymore. It's still very much a community center. You know, like yeah. when I go to there on a Saturday, I run into like 
a bunch of my friends and some of them are stopping by to buy something. Some of them are stopping by just to say what's up. And next thing you know, we've got like 10 people all hanging out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer, just fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's really cool to have that, you know, and that's been such a big part of the community out here and, you know, and, and Richmond's like 90 miles from me. Yeah, it's not close, but I still go out there just to hang out and see my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wish there was something closer, but, you know, you either got to build it yourself or <laughs> you <know. laughs> it's not here. So I don't know what to do, you know, but. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the resources to start a in the weeds community garage. I would love to, but. Uh, yeah, that's a few years away. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, our resources because of all this is slowly depleting as well. Um, but it's we're hoping one day in the future, and that is still the goal is one day to to get it all going. But right now we're just focusing on you know what the brand started off as. Right. Well, if there's any and, advice I could give you guys, it's start a podcast because <laughs> it's amazing how many people you can reach. With he's podcast. actually uh my business partner was actually talking about that to me uh yesterday he's like yeah i'm gonna get the podcast going uh so he's gonna be doing that as well yeah two turntables and a microphone man that's all you need that's it <laughs> rad well cool i'm looking forward to watching the progress with that and, and your photography stuff and uh you know um yeah man <laughs> you got absolutely any, man you got any other uh parting words or words of wisdom uh, I don't, uh, other than, you know, ride hard, play hard. That's kind of been my motto through, through life is have fun. Yeah, man. Uh, that's a good word to go by. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up there and then, uh, I'll talk to you offline here once, once we get this going. For sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening everybody. And, uh, we'll try to have another episode up sooner than, than the time between this one and the last one. <laughs>